0: I believe that this will be last week and this week included. If you didn't hear last week, go back online, listen to the sermon. But I believe it will be one of the most powerful things you will hear, not because of me, but because of the word of God that I'll be explaining. And the devil didn't want you to be here today. Some of you guys are probably fought to be here. Some of you guys are probably fighting with the kids. Some of you guys probably wasn't going to come. You was going to wait till next week or at the movies. And something in you made you come today. And I believe God brought you here today, not by accident, but by intention, because some of you guys are going to get set free in the presence of God. Some of you guys are going to get delivered. Some of you guys are not going to be in abundance anymore. God is going to liberate some people in this room. He's going to set you free. And the reason why the enemy didn't want you here is because the Bible says when a thief is caught, He has to return sevenfold what he stole. And the things that the devil has stole from you, that joy, he's going to have to return it sevenfold. That blessing, he's going to have to return it sevenfold. Everything he brought into your life, the calamity, the tragedies, the lies, the fear, the anxieties, and the depression, he's going to have to return peace sevenfold. Because today the enemy will be exposed, he will be unveiled, and he will be uncovered. And you will see the devil just the way he is. Because the Bible says he comes like an angel of light. And he hides and he disappears and he redefines things. And he tries to hide himself. Now, as a preacher, a very unpopular sermon to preach is a sermon on the devil. Nobody want to come to church and hear about the devil. Some of y'all are like, oh, man, you preaching about the devil? Yes, I'm preaching about the devil so you can understand him, so you can understand who you are, and you can understand your freedom. Now, I like preaching stuff like purpose and all kind of your identity in Christ. But you got to know something. You have an adversary. There's an enemy. There's a devil that's trying to fight you. There's a devil that's trying to oppose you. And there's a devil that's trying to stop you. And the biggest tactic of the devil is to make you feel like he don't exist. The biggest tactic of the devil is to make you feel like he's not real. Do you know 70% of Christians believe that the devil isn't real. He's just a figure. That, he's, he's a figure of speech. Mm. That most Christians believe demons aren't real. They believe hell isn't real. And the thing is, how can you fight an enemy that you don't believe in? How can you take authority and dominion oh. over an enemy you think don't exist? Yeah. Right. The devil is real. You know, the Bible mentioned the devil 82 times. Devils or demons. 82 times. And the gospels mention Demons, 61 times. They are real. They are real. And you got to know they're real. And there's usually two types of people. And these two types of people, the enemy loves. The first type of person is the skeptic. The devil ain't real. Demons ain't real. Nothing is real. It's just us here on the planet. The enemy loves people like that because he can deceive them and confuse them. And if you believe the devil ain't real, you're denying him while he's picking you off. The second kind of person is the superstitious person. And that's the person that's like, the devil is real, Pastor KJ. The devil real, real. Pastor KJ, there's a devil over there. Oh, the speaker went out. There's a devil in the speaker. The light flickering. There's the devil in the light. My car went started. There's a devil. They sent the bills in the mail. Pastor KJ, there's a devil somewhere. Yeah, Yeah, he may be you because you crazy. And what happens is you so believe in the devil, and you so believe everything is the devil, that the devil uses you to look foolish. And when you call things that's normal, the devil, you lose your witness. And he loves the skeptic and the superficial. And both of you guys, superficial, both of you guys have to meet in the middle. There is a devil, but he's not in everything. But at the same time, he exists. There's an enemy. He's fighting you. And let me tell you why the devil is fighting you, and then we'll jump into my scripture. The devil hates you. And the reason why the devil hates you is because he ain't you. That you know everything God gave you is what the devil wanted. The devil was in heaven. He was leading worship. And he said, I want to be like God. That was his quest. That was his greatest desire. That was his proclamation and his declaration. I will be like God and the Bible says iniquity was found in him pride was found in him and then God said no you won and like lightning he was cast down to the earth he was condemned out of heaven you will not be like God Amen. and he was angry he was bitter he was froze in this grieving state of trying to be like God and the number of the enemy is six and the number of God is seven to so let the enemy know on your best day you're still below God you're still below God now, now, God did something so disrespectful to the devil. God declared war on him because he wanted to be like God. And then God went in Genesis 1:26 through 28, and God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. When he said we're making man in our image and in our likeness, he's, we're made in the likeness, in the image of God. We're made in what the devil was fighting for. And the devil watched these beings that look like God, they were made like God, they were sons of God. And he was angry, he was bitter, he was frustrated. And he said, you know what, I will terrorize them, I will oppose them, I would fight them, I will stop them, I will make them sick, I will bring tragedy to them, fear, lust, destruction to their life. I will come to steal, kill, and destroy because they have everything I've ever wanted. All I wanted to do was be like God. And not only did he not make me like him, he kicked me out of heaven for trying to be like him. And then right in my face, he created a being called man that was just like him. And he let me lead worship, but he gave them dominion. He gave them authority. And they could be a part of his kingdom. And he was bitter. He was angry. He was frustrated. And the thing, that the, God, the thing that our God did to separate us from spirits and angels was he gave us a body. He gave us this human body. He gave us flesh. And on this part of history, the body would have authority. A human is spirit and body. And the authority to earth was given to the body with a spirit in it. So now the devil and his demons were condemned to earth and they had no spirit. I mean, they have they are spirits, but they had no body. So the Bible says they're going through dry places on the earth seeking for rest because they have no body. Now you see why demons want to possess you because you possess a body and the authority is in the body, and if the devil can get your body, he can get your life. And not only is the enemy after your body, God is after your body. And your body is where the authority is on earth. So the demons want to possess you because when they possess you, they get your body. They get your authority. They can bring calamity and distractions. You know them devils at your job? Yeah, they devils because they allow the enemy to use their body. Let me show you how he used his body. That's why when he went to fight Adam and Eve, what's the first thing he done? He found a body, a serpent. And at that particular time... When man was in his fullness, he could actually walk on water, you see it in Jesus, and communicate with animals. Yeah, yeah. And the enemy used a serpent to confuse and deceive Adam and Eve to sin. He had to use a body. He didn't come in a spirit. He had no authority as a spirit. He had to get in a body. And many of you guys are playing with demons, sleeping with demons. You can't cast out a demon you keep going to lunch with. And just because it's somebody showing up in the physical, don't mean it's not inspired by the enemy and the spiritual. That's why when Peter said, you will not surely die, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Peter, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking through you. I'm talking through you to the spirit that's inspiring you. And behind your smile, Peter, is the devil. Get thee behind me, Satan. I want to declare by the power of God that God would open your eyes and he would bring enlightenment so you can see when the enemy is against you. Oh, come on, somebody. Give our king a shout of praise. Now, I know this is a little deep, y'all. Is this a little deep for y'all? Y'all like this? Good deal. Well, if you got your Bible, we finna eat today, y'all. If you got your Bible, go to the book of Luke. And I'm finna open your eyes today. Go to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Sorry about that. Luke chapter 11. 11 hey what did your pastor preach on today the devil like what your pastor preached on the devil yep. yes I sure did preach on the devil because we have too many churches preaching people happy yeah. and we teach you how to get a new house at church we teach you how to get a new car but then we let the devil wipe you out yes. and now we are teaching you how to prosper and you don't even know how to warfare in the spirit You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. You are in a spiritual battle. There is real spiritual warfare and real devils. The devil is real, and it's strong right now. And he's strong right now, like she just said. Praise God. Luke chapter 11, verse 14. It says, "And he was casting out demons." I don't know how demons don't exist if Jesus are casting them out. And he was casting out demons, and it was mute. So it was, when the demon had gone out, the mute spoke. So we see right here in the Bible that someone was mute, and you would automatically assume being mute is a physical condition. But the demon had, had caused this person to be mute, which we see that some sicknesses could come through demons. That's why you can't get a prescription. That's why the doctor don't know what's wrong with you. That's why they can't find a cure. Maybe it's a demon that's, ba- that's holding you back. Okay, the next one said, And the multitudes marveled, but some of them said he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own place, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Verse 24. When an unclean spirit, that's just a demon, goes out of a man, he goes through dry places. Why dry places? The reason why the demons go to dry places is because they hate water, because water symbolizes the word of God. And demons are always looking for dry places. And if you want to keep demons away from you, stay in water. Stay in the word of God. Stay in the presence of God. Because they only are attracted to dry places, not wet places. That's why the Bible says God leads you by still waters. Because by still waters is no satanic serpents, demons, or scorpions. Seeking rest and finding none, he says. And then he says... I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Wow. So. This scripture is explaining a man, and it's saying this man, this man has an unclean spirit. The unclean spirit leaves. He goes to dry places seeking rest. He can't find none, and then he returns to the man with seven demons more evil than himself. Now, you got to understand something. How do you get unclean spirits? How do you get demons in your life? What if I'm a Christian? What if I'm a believer? Can I be demon-possessed? What's happening? What's going on? There's two things that can happen. There's demon possession, and then there's demon oppression. There's possession, and there's oppression. Most of you guys would deal with oppression. There are some people that's been possessed. I've cast up plenty of demons. But most people would deal with oppression. If you're a believer, it's not necessarily that you're possessed, but you're oppressed. In other words, oppressed is not the demon inhabiting you as much as it is a spirit riding you. And now you have this sin and you can't shake it. And you're like, I've been struggling with lust, Pastor KJ. I've been struggling with lust my whole life. I prayed about it. I came back to lust. I repented about it. I came back to lust. I've been struggling with porn. I talked to my wife. We got canceled. And I keep, 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 keep going back. And then you start thinking, I'm just struggling. I'm just going through this thing. Friend, let me tell you something. Wake up. Wake up. You are under spiritual attack. And there's probably a spirit... That is controlling you. And you got to understand something. Demons are generational. Which means you could be fighting the same spirit your daddy fought. You could be fighting the same spirit your mom fought. That's why when you look at yourself, you usually struggle with those that struggle with things that that those that came before you struggle with. Some of you guys in here don't even know your dad. And you got the same sins as him. Because the demon that taunted your dad... Is the same demon that taunts you because God is a God of generation. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so is Satan. He's a generational devil. And he wants to enslave, enslave your line. He wants reverse legacy. And he is fighting. He is after you, and he wants to stop you. He wants to oppose you. And let me tell you what you do. I remember this summer I was at my friend's house. And if you got a summer with high school boys and you give them video games and a budget, they get pizza and soda, pizza and soda, pizza and soda. And they play the game all night. They fall. Two people play. The other one falls asleep in a chair. He wakes up. The next one goes to sleep, and the game runs all night. The only problem is those jokers don't clean. They don't clean nothing. Going to a room in the summer that boy's been playing the video game. They don't clean, and I remember I was at a friend's house for the summer. Guess what? We didn't clean. We took like two showers that whole summer. I'm sorry, y'all. I take them every night now. My wife ain't going. Uh, me either. But, but, we started noticing something. We started noticing little buddies. Translation, we had roaches. Little buddies. Anybody got some little buddies? Wave at me. Come oh, not please. No. No. <laughs> you want to come to my house for dinner? No, I'm good. No. So little buddies came. And I remember, like, they're just fine with it. I'm scared. I'm like, oh, no, hold up. Wait a minute. Let me put some Jesus in it. Somebody got to get these roaches. And then I went to my friend's mom. I said, hey, ma'am, they're they're playing the game, and they're having fun. They're playing Halo, but uh, I have a problem. She said, What's going on? I said, There's roaches in that room. Get, get the car, get, There's roaches. She said, Y'all invited them in. I said, I ain't never invited a roach in. She said, You did when you left Pisa now. Because food sitting around attracts Roaches. Friends, sin sitting around attracts demons. And if you leave sin sitting in your house, it won't be long before demons show up to your house. If you leave unchecked sin, if you leave lust, if you leave fear, anxiety, if you leave these things in your life, you are inviting in devils. And you're wondering, how did these devils get here? These devils got here because you invited them in. Oh, oh, no, no, not directly. You would never invite a devil in directly. You invited the devil in indirectly. Indirectly. You invited the devil in by having a dirty house. And having a dirty house and leaving doors open and leaving windows open has invited the enemy in your house, in your life, in your temple. And then all of a sudden, excuse me, you know, I ain't got a handheld now, so I'm I'm at the mercy. (laughs) So then all of a sudden, you're looking up, and stuff is showing up in your house. And then you look up, and you have pride in your house. And then pride shows up, and you're like, what is pride doing in my house? Pride is in your house because you welcome pride in. And you welcome pride in with your arrogance, not trusting God, not seeking God, not believing God. Not obeying God, and then you looked up, and then all of a sudden, pride starts entering your house. And you look in, and you're like, how did pride get in here? And you're wondering, how did pride come in your life? And now all of a sudden, you got pride in your house. And now nobody can't tell you nothing. You won't listen to nobody because you're full of pride. And you're full of pride. And you're dealing with all of these different things. And you're dealing with pride. You don't want to listen to nobody. You can't be a mentor. Nobody can tell you nothing. Your parents speak to you. You don't want to hear it. Friends speak to you. You don't want to hear it. Pastors speak to you. You don't want to hear it. Because pride is talking now. And now you are at the house sitting with pride. And you're hanging out with pride. And now you're sitting here wondering, how should I handle the fight me and my wife just had? And as you're wondering how to handle the fight that your wife just had, pride is tapping you on the shoulder. Nah, see, it was her fault. Nah, nah, I ain't finna talk to her. Nah, nah, she need to apologize to me. I'm a man. And I ain't apologizing. She needs to apologize. See, they always do me. See, nobody see me. Nobody talk. See? And now pride is speaking. And pride is tapping you. And now you're dining with devils. And you're in the living room, and now you're eating in the company of devils. You know, see that church. See, you know, they don't even see my gifts and my abilities. They don't even see what I can do. Nobody invite me to lunch. You know, they they, they promote Sally. I'm Sarah. I work way harder than her. You know, I, I could I could go talk to the leadership, but they need to come talk to me. I mm. mean, okay. I mean, I I, mean, I, 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 I would get canceling, but I got this. Dining with devils, and pride is talking to you, and pride has a hold of you. And the issue with pride is. Pride is the root of all sin. Man, I love sermons. I can eat. Those are the best sermons. I'm feeling good, praise God. But pride is the root of all sin. That pride is what got Satan kicked out of heaven. God says, I hate anybody with a proud look. Anybody that's arrogant. Anyone that's prideful. God hates pride. And the reason why God hates pride is because when you're prideful, nobody can talk to you. Nobody can help you. Nobody can pastor you. Nobody can mentor you. Nobody can lead to you because I got it. I'm prideful. And if you would just be humble, God could touch you. If you would be humble, God can get to you. If you would be humble, God can speak to you. But God can't touch you because you're full of pride. That's why Satan got kicked out of heaven. Because once pride comes... Pride stays. Pride takes a resident in your house. Pride puts his feet on your couch. Pride starts doing whatever pride wants to do in your house. And you are dealing with pride. And when you're dealing with pride, God can't touch you. God can't reach you. Pride is the root of all sins. All sins are attached to pride. All sins are traced back to pride. You're a liar. It's because you're prideful. You're greedy. It's because you're prideful. You're an addict. It's because you're prideful. You're an adulterer. It's because you're prideful. All sin leads back to pride. And if you don't deal with pride, pride will deal with you. If you don't get pride out of your marriage, it will take over your marriage. Don't get it out your house, it'll take over your house. Pride. And then you come to Radiant Church, and Pastor KJ's preaching, and you decide to come to the altar, and you decide to get delivered. And at that time, you ask Jesus into your heart, you ask the Holy Spirit into your heart, and and rightfully, pride don't have a right to be in your house, because the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Bible says your body is the house of the Holy Ghost. And only the Holy Ghost has a right To live in your house. And guess what? When the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit will do what you can't do. The Holy Spirit will cause pride to get up and leave. The Holy Spirit can remove pride when you can't. The Holy Spirit can kick pride out your house. Come on, somebody. Give the Holy Ghost a shout of praise. And when you start dining with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts building you up. You are a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. And you feel like you can't restore the marriage. And then the Holy Spirit is tapping you on the back. And the Holy Spirit is telling you that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The Holy Spirit is telling you you are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are not an addict. You are a son of God. You are a child of God. You have done what they said you've done. But you're not who they said you are. You are a child of God. And now you invited the Holy Spirit to sit down at your house. And now you're dining with the Spirit. And the Spirit is building you up, speaking life into you, restoring your marriage, restoring your life, cleansing and cleaning out your house of all dirt and all junk. The Holy Spirit is cleaning house. You're dining with the Spirit. And this is how God created you to live. He created you to dine with the Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Spirit will remind you what you need to know. The Spirit will lead you, guide you, protect you, heal you, restore you. You was created to live in the presence of the Spirit of God. Yes. But then, after a while, you start coming to church. And you start going to old places and old environments and hanging with old friends. And now you're not coming to church no more. You're not coming to prayer meetings no more. You're not coming to Bible studies no more. And when that starts happening, you're not spending time in the Word, not spending time in prayer, and you are asking the Holy Spirit to leave your house. And you're asking the Spirit to go. And the Spirit is a gentleman. The Spirit will always leave. But when you... Don't have active relationship with the Holy Spirit. That demon that left, the Bible says, the demon will come back with seven more spirits, more wicked than itself. And then you are looking. Not only will pride come back, but pride's coming back with a family. Pride's not coming back alone. Pride is coming back with a family of sin. And now, all of a sudden, the Bible says the house was found swept. And now the spirit that went through dry places returned back to his house. But only thing is, he didn't return alone. He returned with seven more spirits, more wicked than himself. And now you're at the house of God. And you're trying to worship God, but now you're depressed. And now you can't tap in. You can't read. You can't minister. You can't serve because you're depressed. And the word depressed means that you are pressed down. And now you're pressed down. You try to get up in the morning, you can't. You press down. You try to love on your spouse, you can't. You press down. You try to love at your job, you can't. You're pressed down. You are depressed. And then now because you're depressed, now you're starting to deal with fear. And now you're afraid. You're afraid to serve. You're afraid to minister. You're afraid to get in purpose. You're afraid to love your family. You're afraid to be a father or mother. You're walking in a spirit of fear. And what you got to understand is that God is not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. But fear has gripped you. And the reason why fear has gripped you is because you are hanging out with fear. Addiction. I'm going to need you to get up. And now you are sitting with fear. And now you're afraid to step out into the things of God. And now that fear is causing you to be a liar. Now you go to church and they say, hey, how are you doing, brother? How's the marriage? How's the family? Bless and highly favored? Above only and not beneath? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And now we can't even help you because we can't even find you because you have buried yourself in lies. And now you have become a liar. And now you're full of depression, fear. You're lying. And now you're trying to medicate yourself. Now you're addicted to drugs. And you're addicted to alcohol and pills and cigarettes. And now you're trying to medicate your pain. But the only thing you gotta realize is this. You can't medicate a demon. You can't medicate a demon. You can't cancel a demon. You gotta cast out a demon. You can't take a pill for a demon. You need the blood of Jesus for a demon. So now you're walking around and now and now you're full of anger and you're mad and you're frustrated. And now when somebody try to talk to you, you just mad. You blow up. You get mad. Can't nobody touch you, Houston. We have a problem. There's something wrong with you. And yeah, maybe you're not possessed. That's obvious. The silent killer is oppression. Because spiritual oppression, you could be oppressed by devils and not even know it. And the problem is, those devils will ride you. When a man gets on the horse. He grabs the rein of that horse. That horse is subject to the man. That horse don't go where it wants to go. That horse goes where he's ridden to go. That's why you keep going back to the drug house. You're being ridden there. That's why you keep going back to her house. Somebody's riding you there. That's why you keep going back to alcohol in the bottle. Because you're being ridden. Somebody's writing you, friends. You are under the influence of devils. Have you ever seen someone under the influence of alcohol? Are they themselves? See somebody, and you're like, they're awesome. See them drunk, you get a whole nother version of them. Because they're under the influence. And that's why your husband can't shake it. That's why your wife can't shake it. That's why your son can't shake it. That's why your daughter can't shake it. Because they're under the influence of spirits. And under that influence, he's been fighting porn his whole life. She's been fighting, sleeping around with guys her whole life. But how does she stop when she has lust on her back? And now you're housed, and now you're hanging out with these spirits, and now you're greedy, and greed is set in, and now you don't want to share with nobody, you don't want to give with nobody. Friend, greed is dangerous. Do you know greed caused Cain to kill Abel? Because when he was greedy and didn't give God his first fruits, the Bible the, the Bible says at that point, sin started calling for him. When you're greedy and don't give to God what belongs to God, sin starts calling for you. Yes. Don't open up doors. See, so you got to close these doors because the, the, the Bible says that the devil won't come through the front door. He don't enter the sheepfold by the front door. He's not going through Jesus. Jesus is your door. He's not going to go through Jesus, he's going to go around Jesus. He's going through that window you keep leaving open window open windows open windows Where are open windows open windows are opportunities for something to get in your house which means that you need to put distance between you and your struggle and if you don't it's an open window and that devil will jump through the window every time so now you're dealing with doctrine of devils and they're in your mind They're in your head. But you want God, and you're crying out for God. You're desperate for God. And you're desperate. And these devils are on you, and these spirits are on you, and they're lying, and they're holding you. You're still crying out for God. You're still desperate. Let me show you what it means to be desperate. And I, I, I'm desperate for. Oh and I And you're desperate for Jesus. And you're crying out for Jesus. And you're lost without Jesus, and you're desperate, and you're saying, God, I want you. God, I need you. And you're coming to the altar, but then you leave and you return enslaved. You're in bondage. You're in chains. But you're desperate for him. And you want more of him. You want more of his spirit. You want more of his presence. You're desperate. And my thing is, how desperate are you? Because there was a demon-possessed man, and Jesus came through the spirit. Uh, Jesus came through a city, and this guy, he had lived in a cemetery, and he was cutting himself with stones. Stones represent the, 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 the Ten Commandments. They were put on stones. He was cutting himself with the Ten Commandments. He was beating himself up. He was abusing himself. And when Jesus came, the man had a legion of demons in him. But the Bible says he ran to Jesus and dropped on his knees and began to worship him. He was desperate for Jesus. And the bad news is you can have devils. The good news is Jesus can get rid of those devils. Jesus can cast those devils out. Jesus can break the chain. And he can break the yoke. Praise God. Give God a shout of praise. And if you want to get set free, you're going to have to be desperate for God. Desperate. And when you're desperate and you're saying, God, I want to be set free, there's two things you got to have. The first one is you got to have deliverance. You have to be delivered. How do you get delivered from demonic oppression? This has to be cast out of you. Cast out. Okay, you, you can't debate, you can't cancel a demon, you have to cast a demon out. And some of this stuff is spiritual, some of what you're fighting with is spiritual, some of what you're wrestling with is spiritual. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's are spiritual wicked forces fighting you. And you got to go before God and the power and the blood of Jesus. And when you would do that, I'm telling you, these demons will be cast out of you. The Holy Spirit will come set you free. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm telling you, see, these things, they have fake authority. They have no authority. They have no rights. Your power and your authority is in Jesus' name. That's what the disciples said. Jesus, we went out and even demons obey us in your name. The kryptonite to a devil is Jesus' name. His name is the devil's kryptonite. And you want to know what the devil wants you to do more than anything? The devil wants you to get in the ring with him. And he wants you to fight him with willpower mind power, he wants you to fight him with new age psychology and he wants you to fight him with all of these different things because you are no match for the devil don't get in the ring with the devil, he will take you out every time he'll uppercut you in your finances, he'll headlock you in your marriage he'll elbow you in your job, don't fight the devil on his grounds, fight the devil on God's ground because when you fight as you, you will get defeated But when you fight with God's power and God's strength in Jesus' name, you got to understand something about the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus isn't fighting for victory. The name of Jesus is fighting from victory. And when you call on the name of Jesus, devils have to flee. They are afraid of the name of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I need somebody more dramatic. She didn't cut it. Let me get Trent. I know he's dramatic. They're afraid of the name of Jesus. See? You know what I'm saying? They're afraid. When they hear the name of Jesus, they get shaken. Jesus, Jesus, telling you, they are afraid of the name of Jesus. When they saw Jesus, they said, "Have you come to torment us before the time?" They're afraid of Jesus. It reminds me of Door to Explorer. Anybody here ever seen Door to Explorer? Dora explore. She'll be walking around with Diego, and she'll be walking around with her people, and she's walking through them streets, them Dora streets. And then all of a sudden, she'll look up, and she'll see a fox. And that fox will start coming creeping. And that fox starts creeping. And then all of a sudden, Dora will shout, "Swiper, no swiping! Swiper, no swiping!" swiper no swiping and this fox will go ah oh, man and he will take out running I'm going to tell you something when the devil comes at you and when he comes at your family you can say devil no swiping devil no swiping devil no swiping in the name of Jesus I'll rebuke thee and that devil has to get up and lose because you have power dominion and authority over devils come on, somebody give our kids a 10 second praise race 10 9 8, 7, 6, five, 4, and you say, Holy Spirit, my body is your temple. Holy Ghost, you are welcome in my life. And at that point, the Holy Spirit will remove every spirit that's in your house. By the power of God, we're in a clean house. Every honest, clean spirit has to leave. Every devil has to leave. Every lie has to leave. Fear has to leave. Guilt has to leave. We cleaning house. We ain't playing because people are dying. We cleaning house. We're closing all doors, all windows. We're cleaning house. And as we clean house, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and comfort us. The Holy Spirit will deliver us. Thank you all so much. I appreciate y'all. you all. The Holy Spirit will deliver He is sufficient. He will deliver you from your sins, your shortcomings, your bondage, mind monsters. He will deliver you. Deliverance. To remove demonic oppression. And this is not deep. Like there's, this not, this isn't deep. You struggle with something you can't beat or defeat, there's probably a devil behind it. There's probably a devil behind it. But the Bible says one-third of the angels fell, which means for every one devil for holding you, there's two angels fighting for you. There's two angels fighting for you. Now, now, we talked about deliverance. The second thing we have to talk about is discipleship. Discipleship comes from the root word discipline. So, once you have been delivered by God... You came to the altar. You prayed. You confessed your sins. You have repented. Repentant is twofold. Repentance is deliverance and discipleship. To repent means metanoia. It means to change your mind. And it also means to turn and walk away from sin. The deliverance part is you turn and you walk away from sin. The discipleship part is you renew your mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which means you have to be transformed out of this. You got to be transformed out of lust. You got to be transformed out of greed. You have to be transformed out of depression, anxiety, fear, pride. You have to be transformed. A metamorphosis has to take place. And that happens when you renew your mind. Renew your mind. So you dealt dealt with lust. And lust had you and it gripped you. And the spirit of lust rolled you. And then you come to the altar. And you get delivered and you get prayed for. And then you go home and all of a sudden the temptation, the lust again comes back. And now you've been delivered out of lust, but you haven't been discipled out of lust. You've been delivered out of lying. You haven't been discipled out of lying. You've been delivered out of pride. You haven't been discipled out of pride. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me break this down. Let me go to the Bible. We're going to break this down a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse three, it says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Bible is talking about casting down arguments. An argument is a disagreement. Which means that any imagination, any thought that comes against the knowledge of Christ. That argues with the truth of Christ, you have to cast it down. Christ says who the son sets free is free indeed. Your psychologist says you're bound in depression and you got to medicate the rest of your life. I'm not against medication. But every time you take that pill, you need to say by his stripes I'm healed. Every time you take that pill, declare by his stripes I'm healed. I would never let a pill touch my tongue without letting his healing come out of my tongue. Because the Bible says you'll eat the fruit that comes out of your mouth, not the fruit that goes in. So every time I take that pill, I'm going to declare God's word. I'm going to cast down arguments. Cast them down. Don't ever sit up and say, well, you know, man, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just my sin, man. Like, this is my issue. Everybody got one. You know, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. This, this is my thorn, you know? No, I don't. What I know is, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That's what I know. And that's what I live. And every time I was in bondage, I went and found truth, and truth always set me free. Because truth, who is Jesus, will always bring freedom. So casting down arguments, I cast that down, I rebuke it. No, no, I'm not ugly. No, I'm beautiful. No, Jesus loves me. No, Jesus is not mad at me. No, Jesus believes in me. No, 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 I'm called to this. No, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And you're casting down the arguments and the lies. I don't care what you experience. Let me teach you something, church. Truth isn't what you see. Truth isn't what they diagnose. Truth isn't even what you experience. All of, the diagnosis can be a lie. What you're feeling could be a lie. What you're seeing can be a lie. The Bible says God is truth and there's no lies in him, which means his word is truth. And you need to quit fighting with your word and every other word. Let me teach you how to fight a devil. You fight a devil like Jesus fought the devil in Matthew 4. When the devil came up to Jesus, Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. It is written. Fight a devil with what's written. It's written that I'm set free. It's written that I have on the armor of God in Ephesians 6. It is written that I'm going to be a mighty man of God. It is written that I'm the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. It is written that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. It is written. And that's what I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to proclaim the truth over the lie. Even if I'm sick, I'm going to be, <coughs> it's written by his stripes. Yeah. Because your situation can lie. Your situation can lie and it's not truth. And you have to cast down. Let me tell you the temptation of the believer is to agree with the symptoms. Oh my God. Come on. Don't ever agree with the symptoms. Agree with the Savior. Let God be true and every man be a liar. I'm telling you, I will be on my deathbed proclaiming God's truth. Even if I don't see it on this side of glory, I'll see it on the next side of glory. I'm going to proclaim the truth of God. Amen. I'm going to proclaim it, and anything that comes against it, I'm going to cast it down. The next thing, it says, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Somebody shout at me. What is it? What does captive mean? What is captive? If you take someone captive, what does that mean? Hold them prisoner. Hold them. If I took you captive, I'm holding you prisoner. Which means the Bible says take every thought captive. Some thoughts. Most thoughts. Every thought. If I every piece of cake, how much cake left? If I drank every water, how much water left? Which means God is saying when you are struggling with the enemy and he has put doctrine of devils in your mind, you can't afford to take some thoughts captive. You have to take every thought Captive, Which means I got to watch what thoughts come in I got to watch what I watch on TV Who I go to eat with Who I hang out with Who I vacation with Because I got to take every thought captive Translation God says now As you're being rehabilitated You have to be aware You can't afford to not be aware You have to stay aware you have to stay aware of what you're thinking. you got to think about what you're thinking about. You have to think about what you're thinking about. So you're breaking this, this thing now. L- let me show you something. A stronghold. Your mind and your heart is a garden. Your mind and your heart is a garden. I'm going to make this real quick. Beck, come up. Your mind and your heart is a garden. And when those spirits came, they planted seeds. Depending on how long those spirits stayed and how much you've walked in what those spirits planted, those seeds become trees. When you have a tree in your mind or in your garden, the Bible calls it a stronghold. Because if you go to a tree and try to push it down, it's not moving because it's rooted and it has a stronghold to the ground. It's attached to the soil. In other words, a stronghold is attached to your mind. That lie is attached. That anxiety is attached. That depression is attached. That lust is attached. That addiction for drugs is attached. It's a stronghold, and it's holding you strong. And at that, I know I'm aggressive today. I'm sorry. I'm preaching against devils. I'm nicer next week. Come back at the movies. It's going to be awesome. I'm not always this mean. Pastors never like that. Stronghold. And if you're going to remove these strongholds and stop them from growing, you're going to have to be aware and learn how to break these habits off of your life. You're going to have to fight this every day. When the Lord told me I was being undisciplined, and I wasn't using my time right, and I wasn't leading my business and my family and the church right, I found out how long does it take to break a habit? 67 days. Not 21, 67. I launched a 67-day campaign. And the reason why I've done it, I put it in my car, I put it on my house, I put it in my phone, on Facebook, I post it, and I got accountability everywhere because I'm going to get set free by the power of God. And I'm not going to waste time. I take every thought captive. Any, any I have a thought, what's going on on in Instagram? Nope. And I'm taking them captive. And I'm aware. And I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about for 67 days. And I believe at 67 days, this thing would be broke off me. It's not a huge thing, but it's a thing. And I would not be a prisoner to no one because my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And I want the Holy Spirit to live in me. I want him to be housed in me. And when he wants to get work done through me, he can work through me. The Holy Spirit can sit on my couch. The Holy Spirit can live among me. I ain't playing. I ain't playing. I ain't playing. So take the thoughts captive. Break the habits. This, you, you can't come to an altar for something you've been fighting for 10 years. It starts there, but it don't end there. You're going to have to walk out your salvation. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And church, when you do that, you're gonna go to the enemy's camp and you're gonna take back everything he stole from you. And that thief's gonna have to return everything sevenfold. Devil, I'm gonna need my peace back. Devil, I'm gonna need my joy back. Devil, I'm gonna need my strength back. Devil, I'm gonna need my family back. Devil, I'm gonna need my purity back. Devil, I'm gonna need my virtue back. I declare by the power of God that I'm going to the enemy's camp and I'm taking back everything he stole from me sevenfold. I'm standing defeated, give God a shout of praise. Our